This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about dates. Ooh, yeah. Like and the, it's... Like the fruit. <laughs> yes. 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 Because this is savor. We are talking about the fruits. Right. <laughs> Not Again, Ostensibly <laughs> a food show. <laughs> Again, yes. Another slogan slash t-shirt we should have. Uh, yeah, I I do love a date. I don't have too much experience with them, but I have a good friend who's from Iran. Uh-huh. Uh, and we've been friends since uh, middle school. And she loves dates. Uh, uh, uh-huh. And she introduced me to them, and she's shown me many recipes with them. Uh, and so every time I think of a date, I think of Marissa, who I've Aww. mentioned before on this podcast. Um, but yeah, hi, Marissa, if you're listening. Oh, yeah, hi. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I, I love a date. Um, I went through a big date period maybe, oh, gosh, it was a long time ago now, uh, like like 15-ish years ago. Um, but uh they still often remind me, I, I think this is from uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think early on in the film, there's like a poisoned date that the monkey eats and then there's no more monkey. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to assassinate, you know, Dr. Jones. Oh, my and, goodness. And with a poison date? With a poison date. Stop his search for the Ark. Wow. Yeah. See, again, I've said it before. That would be the easiest way to kill me. 
is uh, free food. I will take it. Um, please don't get any ideas, listeners. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please and thank you. <laughs> please and thank you. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't thinking about dates because I was thinking of poisoning anyone. Uh, no. Mm. Uh, rather, uh, uh, Ramadan just ended, uh, uh, which is a month of heightened spiritual reflection and service in Muslim practice. Um, yeah, it just ended about a week or so ago. Um, and dates, the fruit, are a traditional way to break the daily uh, sunrise to sunset fast, or uh, uh, dawn to dusk fast, I guess is more technically correct. Um, they're also a popular ingredient in desserts for Eid, which is uh, the holiday at the end of Ramadan. So, yeah. 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 And here we are. I suppose that brings us to our question. I guess. Dates. What are they? Well, uh, dates are a type of small fruit that, when harvested fresh, are often already slightly dried. Uh, they're sort of self-preserving. They're very sweet and sort of rich tasting. Uh, they're dense and can be almost creamy in texture, like a like a like a slightly less sticky caramel, um, or like a fruit pate that just like grows that way on trees. Uh, mm. Uh, they're like, okay, like I talk a lot about dishes where when you eat them, you feel like somebody cares about you. Um, this is like nature cares about you. This is like nature was just going like, oh, you deserve something nice. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, nature. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, dates grow on a type of a tall, long-lived palm tree called a date palm. Yeah. Um, taxonomical name Phoenix uh, dactylifera. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, botanically speaking, um, these trees are super interesting because they're sort of a study in contradictions. They're tolerant of salty soil, but don't like salt water. They require long, hot, dry summers to develop their fruit, but you've got to give them like a lot of water at their roots. They can tolerate desert temperatures ranging from below freezing to halfway that of boiling water, like negative five to 50 Celsius. That's like 23 degrees to 122 Fahrenheit. Um, like they are meant for a desert oasis, which is so specific. I love it. That is very, very specific. Uh, uh, it does feel like a, I can see why there's so many myths and legends about them, which we're going to get into later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, including including that uh, genus name, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Dates can be or date palms, rather, I guess, can be a little finicky to get a crop from because, right, they're just so specialized. Um, you know, in addition to your heat and water requirements, you're also dealing with the fact that the trees take a couple decades to reach full production capacity. Um, they also have separate male and female trees that you have to convince to pollinate. Um, but let's talk more about how they grow. Okay. Um, date palms are often propagated from offshoots of an existing tree so that the new tree will be genetically identical to the old one instead of like the mixed bag that you're going to get from planting a seed. Um, palms in general grow differently from trees like oaks that, you know, will form new layers within their trunks every year and thus have thicker and thicker trunks the older that they get. Um, instead, 
palms push upward as they grow older and um, grow their leaves at the top of the plant on these large, stiff, fan-shaped fronds. Um, It's called a crown because the fronds go out in a ring that kind of looks like a crown. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, anyway, crown Uh can also mean the top of something in general. Also, different different palms are going to, you know, your mileage may vary um, botany-wise, but this is basically how date palms work. Okay. So anyway, at the crown, date palms develop these huge clusters of small flowers. Um, They first develop within these hard shells that sort of crack open when the flowers are mature, uh, white to yellow in color. Um, They can be pollinated by wind or with help from people or animals. And when they are, they will develop into clusters of fruit, like these huge bunches. Um, They look sort of like like tiny bananas or like big oblong grapes. Um, That species name, Dactylifera, comes from how they sort of resemble fingers, dactyl, dactylifera, yeah, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, The fruit go from uh, green and plump when they're immature to kind of firm and yellow, pink, red, or like scarlet purple when they're mature, but are often allowed to ripen on the tree past that point to, um, to either soft and like golden to reddish brown, about 35% water by weight, or all the way to self-preserved, uh, wrinkled and deep brown, like a like a very large raisin, um, which will only be about twenty five percent water by weight. And I think I've only ever had them when they're at that final stage. Um, you can apparently eat them when they are mature and still brightly colored, though I, I've read that they're a little bit chalky. Um, hmm. I'm not sure. I've I've seen recipes for pickling fresh dates at that stage, which I'm super interested in now. Oh, me too. Pickled dates, right? Ooh. I yes. mean, yeah, you can also you can also pickle the preserved ones and that is something I am also interested in, but both, both. Yes. Yeah. We're big pickling fans over here. <laughs> yes. <at> Saber. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, vinegar is great. Mm. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh each fruit has a, a thin edible skin that's almost like a like a crisp melty crust when they're dried. And then a, an oval of dense flesh around a single hard oblong seed. The tissue between the seed and the flesh tends to go a little bit like papery as the fruit dries. And uh, when dates are served, they are sometimes pitted and then sometimes stuffed with other things the way that you'd treat an, an olive. Um, cheese is really good in there, or nuts, chocolate, other dried fruit, herbs of various kinds, all also common. Mm. I you just reminded me there's a dish that I love in Atlanta that is uh cheese stuffed dates wrapped in bacon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bacon wrapped dates are nice. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's delicious. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> oh goodness. Um date palm trees can grow up to like 75 feet tall. That's like 23 meters. Um, And right, all the fruit grows up at that crown of the tree. So to harvest it, you have to either climb the dang tree or more modernly use a lift, but hoofda. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, dates can be eaten like straight as a snack or, or stuffed or wrapped with things as an appetizer. You can soak them in like tea or alcohol as a treat. You can chop them up and add them to sweet or savory uh, stews, salads, baked goods, uh, blend them up and use them as an alternative to other sweeteners in 
any dish that you like. Um, they can also be processed into a paste or a syrup or oils or vinegars or wine. Mm. So good. All mm -hmm. right. Well, <laughs> what about the nutrition? Uh, the more dried out they are, the more nutritionally dense dates are. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, they've got a punch of sugar and fiber, a little bit of protein, um, lots of great micronutrients in there. They, they will help fill you up. Um, I'd say pair with more protein and or fat to help keep you going, but like they're a pretty good pick me up. Um, the fiber in them helps you digest the sugars more slowly. So you're less likely to spike and crash. Yeah, just watch your portion sizes, but yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they have traditionally been used for potential medical benefits um, from like brain health to healthy labor and everything in between. Um, but, you know, savor, savor motto. Yeah, we don't even have to say it at this point. We trust that you know it. <laughs> <laughs> we trust that it's playing in your brain right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, or, okay, if, if, if anyone new is listening, the official unofficial savor motto is a uh, 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 nutrition is complicated. No, wait, hold on. What is it? Heck. <laughs> you don't even know what it is? Lauren. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, bodies are complicated. More yep. research is necessary before uh -huh. consuming a medicinal amount of anything. You should consult a doctor who is not us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Eat a vegetable, drink some water. Eat a vegetable, uh, <laughs> drink some water. <laughs> wow. I'm glad we did that. We all needed a reminder. All right. Apparently. Mm -hmm. Apparently. Um, oh, also just randomly, like, uh, uh, I wanted to shout out a website. The website is, uh, or, sorry, the URL is healthline.com, um, which sounds like it's going to have a billion pop-ups and, like, do you wrong, but it's actually a really great resource um, of compiled research about the nutrition of stuff. Um, and it's got some other medical medical things in there, but I often use it when I'm putting together these nutrition sections. Um, it just, it's it's pretty great about saying like, hey, here's what we actually know. Here's what's kind of uh, culturally rumored. Here's what's scientifically not proven yet. Um, and here's why. But in a pretty um, digestible, uh, no pun intended, way. Well, I'm going to say pun intended. But yes. That's <laughs> great resource indeed. <laughs> um, uh, we do have some numbers for you. Uh-huh. As of 2017-ish, there were about 100 million date palm trees grown for their fruit around the world. Uh-huh. At least 40 varieties of dates are grown commercially. And 9 million tons of dates were produced in 2019. That's metric tons. Uh-huh. Um, and this represents steady growth of the industry. Um, it was about 2 million metric tons as of 1962. And about 7 million in 2005. So just shooting right up. Um, mm -hmm. Overall in the world, Egypt grows the most, followed by Iran, Algeria, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. California produces the most in the United States. And we exported 39.6 million pounds of fresh dates valued at $87.5 million from 2020 to 2021. 
Uh, Arizona also grows them. And actually, I would love for listeners to write in because I read several interesting articles about uh, how they sell chocolate-covered dates Ooh. at some universities Ooh. in Arizona. Okay. And like, like at the, you know, university bookstore. I want to know all about that. Yeah. Um, yes. And a few other hot states across the southern U.S. grows them, though, at a smaller scale. In the United States, uh, date growers double to triple their sales during Ramadan. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, the U.S. imported about 53.1 million pounds of fresh dates valued at $70.8 million, same year 2020 to 2021. Possibly more for processing than for eating fresh. Uh, We also imported nearly a million pounds of processed dates that year. So just lots of dates. Yeah. Lots of dates indeed, and they have had a fascinating history. Oh, they have, yes, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break forward from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, dates have a long history, a history that we can trace through art, literature, carvings, uh, coins, carvings on coins, stone panels. Historians believe they are one of the first domesticated fruit tree crops. Uh, They most likely were domesticated in the Persian Gulf around 6,000 years ago and then were introduced to North Africa soon after. Further evidence suggests the date was present in India around the same time, but... The fossil record indicates their ancestors go back 
50 million years. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, the exact origins of date agriculture have been traced to what's now southern Iraq or western India. But at any rate, um, it was in Egypt by like 2000 BCE at least. Ancient Egyptians used date fronds in hieroglyphs to depict a month, like a, a month as in a, a unit of time. Okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, dates are also mentioned in ancient Assyrian and Babylonian tablets from around that time, including the Code of Hammurabi. Uh, some of the laws that it lays out concern the agriculture and the sale of dates. And the historical record tells us that dates have, yes, long been used medicinally, with upwards of 365 listed medicinal and culinary uses that we know of from like around this time, including as a, say it with me now, (laughs) aphrodisiac. (laughs) I'm sure Andrew will make that sound like we said it at the same time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, they have long been viewed as symbols of fertility. Perhaps because of this, the date has been featured on coins, um, is the subject of many pieces of art, and several pieces of literature have been written about it. Um, There are poems you can go find. You know we love food poems. Mm -hmm. Dates were mentioned, and not just mentioned, but praised in the Bible, the Torah, and the Quran, and thus have a religious importance for a lot of people. Some speculate it is the forbidden fruit mentioned in the Bible, as opposed to the apple. They have been known as the poor man's candy and bread of the desert. In Greek mythology, the date was linked to the phoenix, and Pliny the Elder wrote that if the phoenix made its nest, it would do it atop a date tree. Huh. Yeah. Um, okay, so so here's, here's some more uh, etymology for you. All right, so the word phoenix in Greek was tied to the Phoenician civilization. Um, And phoenix seems to have been a word for both the date palm and its fruit, um, which the Greeks got from the Phoenicians, the fruit, not the word. Um, And possibly phoenix was also used as a word for certain shades of purple because the Greeks also got this one dye color from the Phoenicians that was this color of purple. And also, also for the mythological bird. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But researchers disagree about all of this and how it got applied to the fruit because of like the color or the origin or whatever. Anyway. Did you ever, uh, segue, did you ever play Final Fantasy VII? No, I didn't actually. (gasps) This is great news for me, even though that's a great game. (laughs) Uh, let's just say it's a big inspiration for our D&D campaign. Oh. But there's a summon in there that's the phoenix, and it's the best summon, or one of the best summons in my opinion, because when you ah. call it, it not only does damage to the other, to the enemy, but it brings anybody who's dead back to life in the party oh, wow. and heals everybody 100%. Oh, but there, you may or may not have encountered it recently. Uh, <laughs> in one of our past sessions. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
Duly noted. (laughs) They're very, I love that summon. It's a whole plot point in that game. There's so many things that we have in the campaign where I'm like, has anyone played this? Will they know? (laughs) Hmm. I I suspect that everyone but me has played it in that campaign. So maybe don't like y'all. I I was about to say like Ben, uh, Dylan, Joe, don't listen to this. That's not how <laughs> that would work. Uh, it's not gonna. It's definitely not gonna spoil anything. Okay. It's not. It was really cool. more of a like, hi, this is a, <laughs> a plot point that I really enjoyed and a summon I really liked in this game. That's all. Oh my goodness, that's fabulous. Um, okay, back to dates. The fruit, though. Got it. Um, uh, so. Uh, so so just generally about their their popularity among all of these cultures uh, uh, stemming from this early time, you know, dates are calorically dense, right? Um, and their branches and fibers and timber are useful in materials construction. And they grow in places where other stuff simply does not. Uh, a paper that I read uh, from 2007 from the journal Hort Science posited, Without dates, no large human population could have been supported in the desert regions. The caravan routes existed for centuries, mainly for the transportation of dates. Wow. So, like, major food source, very important. And so, of course, you know, like, of course they got, like, culturally uh, spun out into all of these other um, associations and artworks and cultural meanings. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, throughout history, dates were favored because they had a long shelf life um, and they were easily transportable. Through trade, dates were introduced to Europe and records show that they were in Spain, France, Greece, and Italy quite early on. Um, they were a staple in places like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, and Iran by the 1800s and most likely far, far earlier than that. Yeah, um, the spread of Islam would turn out to be particularly influential here because that brought dates to Spain, and then the Spanish spread the crop during colonization. Right. And speaking of, Spanish conquistadors introduced dates to Mexico and California in the 1500s. And in fact, uh, going back to dates in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, that area... um, a siege during the 1800s, uh, during a siege in the 1800s, thousands of date trees were destroyed in a bid to force locals to surrender, but there were plenty of date trees left, and they refused. Huh. 26 new varieties of dates were introduced to India and Pakistan in 1869, and 75 date trees were sent to Jamaica in 1899. So, going all over, going mm-hmm. all over. Uh, and speaking of, yes, dates were introduced to Arizona by the 1880s. The USDA was working around that time to find and introduce crops to the public, uh, consumers and farmers and the business sector, that could become economically important, and dates were among them. And yeah, of note, at this time, dates weren't really popular in the U.S., from what I can gather, Um, and this resulted in a few very poorly thought out or flat out racist marketing campaigns, romanticizing and reinforcing problematic stereotypes of the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, that marketing campaigns in the U.S. However, many of these campaigns were successful <laughs> in popularizing the date. However, 
This wasn't the only angle marketers, growers, and distributors took in this country. In 1921, the town of Indio, California, launched their annual date festival, which did include several Middle uh, Eastern-themed sets and events. A fellow from this area named Floyd Shields started selling dates in 1924, and he got creative with marketing as well, putting together an automated slideshow called The Romance and Sex Life of the Date, (laughs) Uh, which was a very scandalous title at the time. Okay. Yeah. um, It was, yeah. Oh, anyway. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I watched it, and it's like, I'm getting flustered thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> is it very scandalous for you right now? Like, is <laughs> no? I was just kind of surprised. That's all. Uh, anyway, uh, he really leaned into that kind of scandalous aspect. Uh, he named two varieties of dates: blonde and brunette. Hmm. Hmm. And in 1936, he debuted date crystals, which easily dissolved into liquids and helped lead to a very popular drink that I had never heard of. Okay. Yes, let's get into this. Sure. During Prohibition, a non-alcoholic drink called the Date Milkshake took off in Coachella Valley. And this was a really popular concoction of milk, ice cream, and local sweet dates. The USDA determined that the region was ideal for growing the date tree in 1900, um, which, by the way, uh, there's a lot of really fun kind of rabbit holes in this one. Mm -hmm. This is a fascinating story. Uh, Apparently, it was introduced by a so-called agricultural explorer. um, And you can there's I think there's a book about it. And I read some excerpts and it's like involves shootouts and illness and like all these things to get this tree into California. So I recommend looking it up. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, But most sources suggest that the date milkshake was first served in 1930. And from what I understand, I'm sure many of you listeners will confirm and I'm very eagerly awaiting it. uh, You can still find it on a lot of menus in all kinds of places in that area. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's often described as a must-have for tourists who are visiting. During peak times, some places sell about 500 of these shakes a day. Huh. Yeah. Um, And interestingly, experts say that we can trace every medjool date grown in the U.S. to one oasis in Morocco. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dates might have experienced a bump with sugar rationing during the World Wars. Uh, And then in 1971, archaeologists discovered an ancient Egyptian artifact composed of plated date palm leaves, over 2,000 years old at least. This was a significant find for a lot of reasons. One of the big ones is that it allowed for scientists to later sequence the DNA of the date. They discovered this ancient date is very genetically similar to the modern-day North African variety of date. Oh, gosh, it was so fascinating. There's so many fascinating reads with this one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia was producing half a million tons of dates in 1980 due to several subsidies, technologies, and a decree that dates be served as part of meals for the government and civic institutions. And in my personal experience, which is, I found some stuff backing it up, but this was sort of me anecdotally remembering. I feel like dates got a boost here in the U.S. anyway, with health trends. 
um, in the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, one brand pivoted to focus on the health aspect in 2010, and by 2015, their sales had doubled. One brand uh, selling dates, and they really leaned into that health part. And I just remember them kind of suddenly, in my view, other than my friend Marissa, who was always like, dates. <laughs> uh, I saw. I remember them appearing in like a lot of smoothie places. Like they were like, we sweeten it with dates. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of um, baked goods or something like that were like, oh, yeah, we use dates instead of traditional sugars. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, recent droughts in California have had a significant impact on California's date production. And then uh, a very another very interesting story in the 2000s. Ancient Judean date seeds retrieved from an archaeological dig sprouted after much care and just, yeah, a really fascinating journey spanning two millennia. Like, <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, it's such a yeah, good story to read. Yeah, yeah, Um, Basically, someone named Dr. Salen made it her mission to grow older date seeds. And her first foray started the seeds from the 1960s that did sprout. And she named the first plant Methuselah. But alas, it was a male plant, which isn't great by itself. Um, and then several more discoveries paved the way for this newest one to sprout that made the news recently. And it's one of the oldest known seeds to have ever sprouted. Yeah. Um, okay. So so the first, like, like two millennia old date <laughs> seed that they got to sprout was in 2008. Um, it was called Methuselah. And uh, six more successful germinations of ancient seeds followed. So that's seven total plants out of uh, 35 that they tried with, which is pretty cool. Um, the other six were named uh, Hannah, Adam, Judith, Boaz, Jonah, and Uriel. Um, and Methuselah, the oldest, right, might have been grown um, like as a seed, like the, the tree <laughs> that it came from might have grown it as early as 351 BCE. Um, wow. The, the youngest, uh, Uriel, might have been grown in 134 CE. And so they got these, they got these seeds to germinate. And then they set about mapping the genomes of these new ancient trees, which is super exciting because, you know, like although prior work, like with that, uh, with that braided palm frond mat, yeah, um, mm -hmm. uh, Prior work looking at the genetics of ancient palms was relying on cellular material that's thousands of years old, you know, like it's seen better days, right? Um, but right. these new samples are fresh. And yeah, so basically they they took all of these and mapped the genomes and they all genetically resemble modern date palms, meaning that the trees that people the people were cultivating back then were successful, like they had already figured them out. And humans have kept them through to today. Um, yeah. I, there's also some, like, specific stuff that they learned about um, interactions with wild species over the years and uh, production of, of color and sugar and micronutrients, um, kind of beyond the scope of this show. But really cool. Just so neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I highly recommend, if you're the least bit interested, looking it up because it has a, a lovely kind of... You can feel the passion of the people yeah. who are pursuing this. Yeah. The, 
the names. I remember the Dr. Salen wanted <laughs> Methuselah to be a father. Like, um, <laughs> and I believe uh, they tried some of the dates and they were good. Oh, I didn't read about that part. Oh, that's so cool, though. I'm pretty sure because the, the doctor was like, what if well, it would have been terrible if they tasted badly, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, it would have been terrible. But, you know, it's amazing. All of these finds with dates um, and this history of how important they've been. Uh, I love it. It was oh yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, really. Oh, this was a really this 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 episode really hit all of my like categories of weird stories that I love to look into and tell. So. Mhm. Yes. The date. Um <laughs> Well, I think that's what we have to say about it for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you and we will get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with it's like yeah. you go on a good date. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I did want to start with the I did want to start this one with some housekeeping, just briefly, because some of you listeners do send us packages, mm-hmm. um, which we very much appreciate. Oh, yeah. Never an obligation, but we do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh we're actually our office is moving. Uh within the coming month, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, um, end of May is the end of our tenure at uh, Pond City Market, and we are moving to a new building. And uh, I don't know our address yet. I'm sure. I don't either. I'm sure it exists. Um, if you if you write to us, as always, um, we can find it and give it to you. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm. I'm not totally positive when we will be able to receive mail there, um, but we can check yeah. with our staff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did, because this kind of been on our radar for a, a minute now, and only last night did I actually locate where it's moving, <laughs> where we're moving to. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was also only like four days ago that we got the notice that like the end of May is when mm -hmm. we no longer have access to that office. So, um, so yeah, we'll just, you know, if you happen um, to have something physical that you would like to send us in the physical mail, as always, reach out and we'll figure out something. <laughs> yes, yes, we will figure it out. Just wanted to put a little note up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounded like a panicked um. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I am a little panicked about packing up my desk. Oh, to be me too. Me too. I've got, <laughs> oh heck, I've I've got like ten years worth of <laughs> office crap there. Yeah. I'm I'm like the bottom drawer of my desk is just mm. snacks, and it's mm -hmm. gotta go. And I hate throwing away food, oh, but it's yeah. gotta go. Yeah. <sighs> well. All right. Okay. It'll be okay. It's gonna it's gonna be okay, Annie. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to get through this together. We are. We are. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Anne wrote, I've listened to your podcast since the early days of food stuff, but never wrote in until now because your current episode brought back lots of childhood memories. I grew up in the countryside in Finland and currants of both red and black as well as gooseberries are everywhere. Literally, I think everyone's garden had at least a couple of bushes so that they can make some juice or jam for their family. My grandparents had a big house with a huge garden and lots of currant bushes. I have lovely memories of picking the berries with my grandparents every year towards the end of the summer until I was a young adult. My grandfather would tell me off for being too slow because I spent more time trying to avoid spiders and other crawlies <laughs> that live among the currants than actually collecting berries. My grandmother would make juice concentrate of black currants by using a traditional steam juicer, which I've never heard of outside of Finland, so not sure other countries use them. We would have some juice immediately and freeze some for the year to come as well. This juice concentrate would essentially be a really thick, strong-flavored liquid that we would then mix with water to drink. It would have some sugar but not be overly sweet, so I don't think it was unhealthy. Currants have lots of vitamin C, so this would be drank especially in winter to fight off cold and flu. As children, when we were sick, my mother would mix a little bit of my grandmother's currant juice with hot water, and the result would be a warm, comforting drink that would always make you feel better. We would be off school watching cartoons all day and drinking several cups of this miracle beverage. And I swear it healed every sore throat and runny nose. Mm. I now live in the UK and really miss having this homemade current remedy. The current drinks here are overly sweet and definitely more of a treat than medicine. I hope that one day I'll manage to locate a similar drink to my grandmother's or perhaps I will get a steam juicer and make my own. If I do, I'll send you guys a photo. Yes. Yes. I personally have never heard of a steam juicer. 
Me um, neither. I'm curious. I know. I'm like, maybe we should do an episode on that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But I love this. I love uh, these memories of picking the fresh currants and making the juice and freezing it and having it when you were feeling ill. Yeah. Um, All the nostalgia yeah. for that kind of thing is is so, um, so mm-hmm. strong and so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I We used to have blackberry and blueberry bushes at my uh-huh. house. And I just remember having such a good time picking those berries and making things with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judy wrote, I just finished listening to the episode on Easter lamb cakes and had to tell you about my family's traditions. My mother-in-law had always made a lamb cake for Easter, so when my son celebrated his first birthday during Holy Week, we naturally celebrated it on Easter, complete with the lamb cake. We grown-ups always had a great debate on whether you slice it starting at the head or the butt, and we sometimes thought it would be very funny if we decapitated it and gave my son the head. As you will see, this family has a very dark sense of humor. He promptly picked it up by the ears and stuck the entire lamb nose in his mouth. He was very confused by the hysterical laughter coming from the adults at the table. Since then, we have made him a lamb cake for every birthday. It's always near Easter anyway. When my mother-in-law passed away, my daughter took over the pan and began making the cake. It went from vanilla to chocolate, and then, inspired by the Steel Magnolia's groom cake, my kids thought it would be funny to make it out of red velvet cake. We now comment on how disgustingly like roadkill it looks as we consume it. My son still gets the head, and we argue over who will get the butt. This year, it was his 12-year-old daughter. <laughs> That's fantastic. (laughs) I love all of this. Oh, my heck. That is so delightful. I, um, I, I will say that when I was doing the reading for that episode, like nothing made me happier than all of the blog posts about like people who make red velvet (laughs) cake, lamb Mm -hmm. cakes because they think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. Um, and this, this is humor right up our alley. We got a pretty big chuckle out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. I love every part of it. Uh, it's such an interesting tradition. <laughs> I love it. No. Oh, that's wonderful. And multi-generational. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so wonderful. That's that's just, that is just nice. I mean, very, very dark. Y'all twisted. But like, that's, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.